The following podcast is a Rotten Corpse Radio production. today. So we're going to sound a little different than we normally do. And of course we have Heather here with us. Hi. And we're going to be doing a review of Ready Player One and Avengers Infinity War. Yes. Yes. And I'm sorry for the pausing. I was kind of putting that in there so I didn't do um. And I say that because I listened to our last podcast, and apparently my favorite word was um. I couldn't believe how often I said um so in that podcast. So I, I've mentioned that I'm, I'm doing voice work as well as uh, uh, filming a show, and I want to make sure that I'm doing the best I can with the voice work and the broadcasting and the filming. So I'm trying to avoid the word um. Because that, you know, people use it as a pause or to gather their thought before they continue speaking. So it's like, so I was there and um, then I did this. Well, in broadcasting that's not such a good idea. So after WizardCon, I had called up Gustav at 94.7 Care and K because I've listened to them, I listened to him and when Daria was there together for a couple of years. And I had noticed that Daria was gone and I had the idea that perhaps I could shadow Gustav without interrupting or anything since he was by himself on the show, they might be more willing to let me do that. So I called him, and I spoke to him, and he, he basically said no, that the, the, the company that owns the station wouldn't actually allow that. They used to, but I guess there were some issues, and unless you're a Boy Scout troop, they're not going to let I said I'd be the biggest Boy Scout troop they had come in. <laughs> uh, so, but he was willing to answer questions and stuff for me. We also got talking to Wizard about WizardCon, because he is there before. He was there as well on Saturday, I believe, he said. So we got to talking a little bit about that. He said that he told me that he would, you know, he'd be happy to listen to a demo, uh, my demo set that I put together, uh, and give me advice on it and whatnot. Uh, also, he said if I had any questions about voice work and broadcasting and such, he'd be happy to answer them. Yeah. Which was very cool. So after I listened to the last podcast and I ummed it all over the place, I sent him a message 
a question is, is there any tips and tricks that you can do to avoid saying um in your podcast? And he explained that people use that as a, a verbal pause. Yeah. A, a, a verbal pause. And the one of the tricks is to put together your talking points before you record your episode. I mean, you don't have to be really specific or anything, just enough so that you can keep your thought going and keep it running so that you're not humming it all over the place, like I did. Yeah, unless you're me. Um, we, you know, we've joked about this in the past on the horror show where Stavro usually gives me tons of shit for saying, um, like, all the time. Like, <laughs> he, I mean, I guess there's different, uh, there's different types of um, you know, like some people always say like this or like that. You're like, um, you know, there's the questioning, um, yeah. and then there's the exclamation, um, and then there's the, um, yeah, the sigh, <laughs> um, and then there's the awkward, um, so. <laughs> and there's the sexual um, too. Well, yeah, we, uh, 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 <laughs> that's the, I, that's the, I'm not quite sure if that's pleasurable or not, but I'm not going to stop you kind of um. <laughs> or there's the, uh, if anybody is a Sherlock Holmes fan of the British version, and you get the, actually no wait, that's the O thing, is it? It's not the um, for this cell phone that rings oh, that, with the girl. That's yes. not an um, is it? No, that's not an um. Never mind, that's not the sexual um I was thinking of. That's Irene Adler's ringtone, the British version of Sherlock is what she's talking about. Oh, yeah. Every time it rings, it does the, um, or something like that. <laughs> so I wanted to do a shout-out for this show to Gustav, because he's he, he was very cool in letting me ask him questions and stuff yeah, and big, talking with him. Big props to Gustav, too, because he's been on NRK for a long time. I remember back in 2000, well, was, I think it was like early 2000s, there was a issue with, I think it was probably an issue with all their staff, but for whatever reason, and it might have been maybe a change of the guard, something at NRK, but for whatever reason, they just stopped having DJs, and it was just music, 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 and you would hear, like, like one of the other broadcasters that they have, uh, or one of their DJs would, uh, they would have his voice in promos, and he was kind of like a, I can't remember if he was like Australian or British or uh, what have you, but very thick that thick accent guy and I wouldn't be surprised that he still use his voice today because he had a really cool kind of speaking voice uh, and for a little while um, actually a, more than just a little while Gustav literally became the only voice you heard on NRK and it was just in the morning and for the rest of the day there was nobody and I think slowly they probably built their you know built their uh their broadcasting team back up, but at that particular moment, there's nothing. And you know, and he's been there since, and still there. I mean, that's pretty cool. Yeah, and he's he's very cool to talk to. I I recommend anybody if you get a chance to talk to him. You know, mention us, of course, but <laughs> give him. You know, you know, talk with him because he's actually very cool. So thanks, Gustav. Wanted to shout that out for you. Uh, for those of you who want some more tips on how to solve your ums. You know, at least on a podcast, is if you have someone that's a good editor, then while if you catch yourself umming, try to 
let everybody not talk and just do the um a little extended so that way the editor can edit it out um which is i just did yeah. <laughs> that's one way but <coughs> basically or if they're really good like me and i catch it you know a lot of yeah. times i won't a lot of times if i feel like the episode went so smooth that i didn't really need to go back and fix anything i won't uh but i guess like the last episode we really did and i think early on in the show i mean I mean, I was notorious for it all the time, so, uh, and if, kind of, I mean, I still do it, <laughs> obviously, I mean, I've, I've not stopped, but, and I'll leave that in sometimes, just because it's funny, but. And, you know, if everybody wants to hurt themselves a little bit, because who doesn't, I mean, honestly, before the show, we were talking about it, we were doing our pre-show conversation, Heather brought up the fact that on an episode of How I Met Your Mother, Oh, yeah. <laughs> there was the one gal who was doing the broadcasting, and every time she said, um, people would start drink. you know, they'd take a shot, so... Make a game of it. So, make a game of it. So, yeah, here's the Sci-Files. If we, um, take a shot. <laughs> <laughs> and I've heard at least, not the purposeful um, but he said, um, twice. And if, if for whatever reason you're not getting buzzed <laughs> during the show, <laughs> then go back and listen to the horror show, any episode, and you'll most likely uh, be drunk <laughs> in the first ten minutes. Or relive my WizardCon episode, because that's a lot of <laughs> <Yeah>. ums. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, so I guess we'll go into Ready Player One especially to review since, this. Especially since it came out first. Since it came out first, we'll go with Ready Player One, and it has one in the name, so we gotta go there. Yep. And I have to say that I really like this movie, and for, if you haven't seen it yet, the premise of the movie is, is it's 40-some years in the future from now, it's like, I think it's 2047 or 2048 in the movie. And man, has the world got garbage <laughs> Yep, yeah. The world has gone to crap, and people are using virtual reality to escape reality and VR has taken off in the show to the point where you can literally feel things inside the virtual reality if you're wearing the right gear yeah. so people spend a lot of time in the virtual world money, uh, the virtual money is actually used in the real world for real world items and such like that so it's got its own economy it's economy, you know, basically the virtual world is a parallel and almost running the real world. I was going to say, yeah, can we almost say that this is possibly what the evolution of cryptocurrency is? The evolution of cryptocurrency could very well end up like this. Yeah. That, and actually, speaking of that, I have a friend who's actually speculating in cryptocurrency. She's, she's bought some... Bitcoin and a couple of the other ones, and she's noticed the trend that Bitcoin being the first one yeah. that came out, all of the rest of them kind of follow Bitcoin. So if Bitcoin goes up, the rest kind of go up. If Bitcoin goes down, the rest kind of go down. So, and I mean, that may not be 100% accurate, but that's been her take on it. So hmm. Bitcoin might be the future currency of the world. I'm not going to, you know, let, tell people to bet on that, but... Um, yeah, I think um, it, it was right after the most recent episode of uh, Silicon Valley, because they, they brought that up in that episode, uh, where they were talking about like creating their own cryptocurrency. Mm -hmm. And me and my sister had actually talked about that, too, because like 
cryptocurrency would be so easy to kind of slide into, considering that nowadays, and only in certain kinds of, uh, you know, certain parts of uh, certain towns, cities, all that, will you ever see cash. You know, most people don't carry it anymore. Yeah, it's uh, all cards. Yeah. yeah. So everything is just kind of like a number, you know, so why would you need, you know, physical, you know, like physical cash? You know, That's where it's notes. going to. I see a lot of sci-fi shows, especially in, in sci-fi books, oh, yeah. where credits are the are the thing. And so Bitcoin could be those credits. You know, paper money doesn't exist. You get credits, which are usually transferred digitally. So it'll be it'll be interesting, you know, as our future unfolds to see if sci-fi sci continues to be predicted, I which I bet it will. I keep being told by people that eventually the dollar bill is going to be going away and basically the, U well, basically the U.S. dollar would be no more and to get metal or rock the silver. Silver and gold. Yeah, silver and gold. And that would be the best currency eventually. And it was supposed to have happened one or two years ago and it hasn't happened yet. Fuck it, I'm just gonna invest in the peso. <laughs> it's cooler looking than anyway. It's like it's actually futuristic looking compared to American notes. Well that's the thing. I mean we kinda got off track off of Ready Player One, but it yeah. was nineteen sixty four that they stopped putting actual silver in everyday money. Yeah. Our quarters and dimes had actual silver in in 1964, I think it's just it plated now, right? Took that out. It's not even plated in silver. Oh wow! Yeah, there is no silver in our coinage. There is barely any copper in a penny because it takes more than a penny's worth of copper to make a penny now. Yeah. <laughs> so, and I'm that, that that hasn't gone away. Australia doesn't have pennies anymore. They just have nickels. Yeah, America has been trying to get rid of the penny since the 80s, and yeah. it hasn't gone away yet. You know, I don't know it, why. You know, as it seems, like, I'm not even sure exactly what's in the center of pennies, but I really think it's a nougat. I think it's ten. <laughs> zinc. Ten or zinc, yeah. <laughs> what I find funny is... funnier if it was nougat. Yeah. <laughs> Australia <laughs> has nickels, dimes, and basically everything like we have. Uh, what's funny is they still do the 99 cents crap. <laughs> for sale. I never understood that. That's so they can keep your dollar, but it looks like you're spending, you're, you're getting away cheaper. Anyway, back to Ready Player One. Yeah. So we know the concept. People exist in the world. <coughs> well, the creator of the virtual world. Which is named Holland. Whose name was Holland. That's the name of the creator. Holland or Holiday? I think it's Holiday. Sorry. Yeah. We'll have to look it up. I believe it's holiday. I apologize. That was my fault. Yeah, what is the name of the world? I'm forgetting the name. Oasis. Of the, oh, the Oasis. Yeah, the Oasis. The virtual world is called the Oasis. Yeah, it was uh, James Halliday. And James Halliday is the creator. As he got older and realized he was going to pass away, he created three tests within the Oasis. And whoever could solve his puzzles, his tests, would become the new owner of not only his fortune, but the Oasis. Yeah, just kind of think of it as being like a modern-day version of Willy Wonka with yeah. a little Tron thrown in there. Yeah. <laughs> Willy Tronco. Willy Tronco. Yeah, Tronco. Yeah, yeah. The beauty of this, though, wasn't just about the challenges. It actually was also about what... 
holiday signified when he was doing the challenges. So you actually had to, the characters had to delve deep into the mind of the creator, so to speak, to figure out the clues. And they find out all this stuff, which I thought was cool, and it was about stuff that happened and did not happen. So I thought that was really clever. And she's saying it like that because we don't want to give away too many spoilers if you haven't seen it. Because yes. it, it really is a great movie. To yeah, watch. It's just, this isn't it is. a horror show. We don't, we're not going to load them up. <laughs> the coolest thing about the movie that I gave, I'm going to give really good kudos for is they did a really great job, which a lot of place, a lot of movies have lacked, is the combination of going from virtual to reality and back and forth. They did a really great job with that transition. Yeah. There's very few movies that can do yeah, that. Yeah, the live action versus the anime was mm-hmm. really good. And the transitions between the two yeah. were really good. And it's a very nostalgic movie. Oh, big time. Big time. I mean, it has references to <laughs> things all the way back to the first video game that was ever to be put out. Dungeon? Dungeon, yeah. And Adventure on the Atari. Atari, yeah. So, I mean, it all the way back, I mean, and it not just video gaming, but movie pop culture references. A lot of Back to the Future references. Some Back to the Future, <laughs> yeah. I mean, Iron Giant. And they're kind of all over the place, too. It like, goes from anywhere from, like, um, from, like, music to movies, like, from... Video games. Yeah, like, action, video games, horror, sci-fi. They're all Stevie over King's the board. I mean, if I can use a reference from the movie, the whole movie is loaded with Easter eggs all over the place. Oh, I mean, yeah. this movie is an Easter egg hunt for those who, you know, are in the know about gaming oh, and Easter and eggs. And it talks about the very first Easter egg, too. And it does talk about the very first yeah. Easter egg. I think that was yeah. correct. Yeah, that was, that was very cool. So uh, I highly, highly recommend this movie. For those of you who are bookworms, I have been told by someone who watched Ready Player One that it was based off a book, yeah. and that actually it was not too bad. So definitely take a look, read it if you know if you're one of those people that like to read and watch or watch and read. The the animation is great in the movie. The way they use the animation and the pop culture references mm-hmm. together was also extremely well done and very cool. You could really uh, tell they thought it out really yeah, well. Yeah, this, this is possibly the first movie I ever seen uh, that has Ty Sheridan in it where I didn't want to punch him in the face. <laughs> I was actually I was actually rooting for him the whole time. Like, yes! Because <laughs> you know, like, if you've ever seen The Killing of a Sacred Deer, you want to punch him in the face. So... I think the only one real disappointing for me was their kids. And we really need one without kids. We need grown-ups, man. And the whole damn kids kind of thing phrase is getting old for me. Well, the thing about that is is that I want to say that the main character is probably a only a kid in the fact that he's a teen. 18, yeah. 19. Yeah. 18, 19. I know, but still. But they did have one of the other... Uh, heroes in the show was a 13-year-old kid. Yeah. So 11. 
11 year old. Yeah, 11. Which that was funny, actually. And, but. and he was a gamer badass, which yeah. unfortunately parallels real life, as I've <laughs> discovered through my gaming career and getting older and realizing mm -hmm. that these damn 11 year olds can play the freaking games better than I can. And I've been doing it longer. Uh, so, <laughs> but yeah, that was something that they, they played up as well the fact that he was a gamer badass. And yeah, and the, it's so like we're saying, it's not just about gaming, movies, books, tabletop gaming, yeah. video gaming. Basically, anything like hardcore and the modern pop culture. Yep. And this almost, and it's weird too, because like I guess this is kind of why it was so easy to talk about this at the beginning of the episode where we kind of trailed off. This movie really does kind of reflect our modern society, mm -hmm. amplified to the 10th power. Yep. Um, almost kind of like, you know, of course in a less comedic way than you would see like Idiocracy or something like yeah. that. But, um, <laughs> but this, uh, everything within this uh, film, you know, from like where he lives, you know, he lives in kind of like an advanced trailer court, you know, very similar <laughs> to what you would see in like... Um, you say advanced trailer court, but I'm going to say advanced trailer court meets junkyard to throw that in there. Yeah. It's essentially a junkyard, yeah. If he you essentially guys got lives in the garbage heap. The best way I can describe it is, there's a, there's the best way I can describe it is, if you go to a lot of like Japanese cultures where they have all those house, those apartments, tiny little apartments, yeah. stacked from all the way from the bottom to the high to get as many as you possible. So imagine that, but with metal long with crates yeah, and trailers on each trailers. one, yeah. stacked from top to bottom. It, basically yeah, that and yeah, it's, it's a full like, park yard like that yeah it's kind of almost like they've done away with um any form of um big or old town living yeah it just went straight to like okay we gotta we gotta modernize everything to be exactly like mm -hmm. a city you know even all the way down to like you know like a you know suburban area kind of like what they were living even though it's still very much in kind of like a city kind of enclosure yeah i can like you were saying, it was easy to segue out into our current current times from the movie. One of the things that I liked about the movie was that I could honestly see our society developing into something like that, right up into the big corporation trying to yeah. take over. Pretty much, yeah. You know, which is the other theme of the movie, was that the second most powerful corporation which was trying to gain control of the Oasis mm -hmm. and willing to do anything to get it. Yeah. And I can see that actually happening. Oh, yeah. Which... Maybe, go ahead. Sorry. Yeah. Maybe it's because I've seen too many movies where the big corporation is willing to do anything, which is probably another reference that the movie exploited. Yeah. I was going to say that... If you've seen a lot of these type of movies, it's usually kids versus corporation, basically, and they're taking it down, and it's usually because a corporation thinks they're kids that can't do anything, which, in reality, they're not supposed to do all the stuff that they throw in the movie. However, this movie is clever enough that I could actually see a lot of the stuff they're doing being realistic when they're going up against a big corporation. Oh, yeah. So, it's definitely realistic to that point. And I definitely see us in 40 years being distracted by virtual reality and having tons of street people 
as they show in the movie, plugged in just to escape how sucky reality is. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. And especially with the way, especially with the way modern culture is with cell phones and stuff. I mean, imagine everybody had a VR strapped to them, you know? <laughs> they were kind of already there, so. Yeah, we pretty much just are. Just without yeah. the VR. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> just uh, make sure that they can see so they don't get uh, thrown into the fountain. So yeah, definitely go see uh, Ready Player One. Uh, it stars, um, a, it's got a pretty crazy cast. Uh, Olivia Cook, Ty Sheridan, um, Ben um, Mendelsohn, uh, Simon Pegg's actually in it. Uh, Simon Pegg, yeah. T.J. Miller, who's another one of my favorites. Uh, the list kind of goes on and on and on, but. I think uh, a lot of people are gonna get drunk from just that sentence alone. <laughs> <laughs> There's half a bottle of vodka right there worth of bumps. But I am. So that will take us on into Infinity Avengers Wars. Affinity War. And another awesome movie. And before yes. we fully, fully get there, I do have something to kind of add. And this kind of goes, this is kind of very superhero related, but in the DC sense. Um, it was actually announced earlier today that uh, Michael C. Hall is very interested in playing Batman, which I'm all about it because Patrick Bateman played Batman, you know, like, um, so I'm all about Dexter being Batman. That's fucking awesome. <laughs> but don't we have a Batman? Not really. Actually, cause, well, I think, <laughs> I think uh, Ben Affleck was talking about Val and Wow, he's actually doing a lot better job than I thought he would. Yeah. Why is he Batman off? I think Ben Affleck did do a good job yeah. as oh, Batman. Oh, he was awesome, yeah. I, I think he did do a good job as Batman. I think the reason that I saw... <laughs> uh, the reason that I saw in uh, the news and whatnot about that yeah. was that creative differences during the writing and filming of Justice League is one of the reasons... I mean, I'm not sure if that's really true or not, but that's yeah. what was being bandied about was the creative differences that he had during that. Which is kind of a bummer, too. Yeah, um, yeah they kind of went there. <laughs> I mean, a lot of people were pretty nervous about him, Ben and Flax, because he's done a... because he did Daredevil a while back, which he wasn't too bad, no. but a lot of people didn't like it. And so we were all like, oh gonna be nervous but no he actually did a really good job he buffed up for the role oh it, it bulked up big time um <laughs> definitely shows his age though which is something that they did portray in the movie yeah was, was that good. this was a a later version of batman not the the young or even in the middle of his career batman more towards the latter half of his career I think the only thing I'm not sure about, so if the studio ends up going with Michael C. Hall to play Batman, the only problem I can see being, you know, with that would be, it would be better to use him to make a new series with him, but not to insert him into, like, Justice League, only because he's a much smaller guy, stature-wise, like, physically, than Ben Affleck currently is. Let's say he couldn't buff up a little bit, but... I mean, he wasn't really too scrawny and Dexter, you know, but he's not a tall dude. He's pretty short. I could see it if they're going to use him to bring in one of the Batman successors that they've been known to do in the yeah. cartoons and comics, like Bat Boy or 
one of the Robins. I was waiting uh, for Nightwing. I really Nightwing. Was. Yeah, I'm Joseph Gordon-Levitt. I've read Beyond. that they are actually working on a Batgirl movie huh. and a Nightwing movie. Whether that's true or not, or you know, fan fan wishing. Yeah. But there is or was talk out there on the net about both of those movies being a possibility. Never know. It could be like one of those assessors that will just take over. Hopefully, it's, if it's something like that. Worst case, they'll probably just make him as the new Batman and insert a bunch of CGI. They'll just make it terrible looking. <laughs> and actually, that brings up something that, I, that I'm going to say. Because the live action show that I would really like to see from the DC Universe would be the Teen Titans. But since they've inserted yeah. Cyborg into the Justice League, it's like, uh how would they how would they get away with doing that that would Teen Titans without Cyborg Cyborg would have to start I wonder if they're going to do a Flash movie oh with the current guy playing Mm -hmm. Flash yeah Ezra is it Ezra because they already have a Wonder Woman movie they already have a Batman movie, Superman movie. They don't have a cyborg movie. yet, so they have to have a cyborg movie, and they have to have a Flash movie. Yeah, especially if we're gonna do it the way um, Marvel's been doing it with their, you know, with their IPs. So, now that we've segued into an entirely <laughs> different universe, let's go back to Infinity War. Which, I liked this movie too, though I have to bring up one glaring flaw in it. Can we have have spoilers in this one? We can have spoilers in this one. So be warned, people, there will be spoilers on the Infinity Wars. In fact, I'm going to talk about a spoiler right off the bat. So get ready, buckle up. Thanos' motivation for collecting all of the Infinity Stones and wiping out half the life in the universe. This is the concept of this movie and the Avengers and everybody they bring in (coughs) are trying to stop him from doing that. The problem with this is Thanos' motivation. In the comic books and even in some of the animated series, Thanos' motivation for wiping out half the life in the universe was because he was in love with death, Lady Death, I should say it like that, and wanted to give her a gift of half of the life in the universe. This is his motivation. In the movie, his motivation isn't that esoteric. His motivation is practical and pragmatic. He, his world was destroyed by overpopulation and overuse of its resources. And when this became apparent before the world was destroyed, his solution that he presented to his government was to basically call the population of the planet and get rid of half the people. They called him a monster and told him he was nuts and crazy and basically banished him, as far as I could tell from the movie. 
And he decided then and there, after visiting other planets and other places in the galaxy, realizing that this problem just wasn't on his own home planet, but it's everywhere. And he discovered the about the Infinity Stones, so let's collect them all and solve this problem galaxy-wide. Which was his motivation for collecting the Infinity Stones and wiping out half the life in the universe. This doesn't really have much to do with this movie, but do you think that could be Ash's motivation behind collecting all the Pokemon? Yes. I don't know about that because I've seen far too much Pokemon related stuff that makes me think that Ash is more perverted than that <laughs> yeah probably I mean Seriously, Pikachu is a rodent, an electric rodent. Imagine the perverted possibilities of that. And one small roll of electrical tape away from perversion. Yeah, that's it. Yep. So, sorry. That and because you brought it up, I have to say that I did at one point think that I was going to start my own porn site to make millions of dollars like everybody else who starts a porn site does. Yeah. And I was go it was going to be a MILF site, which we all know what that means. Mm. A mother I'd like to um, yeah. fornicate with. Yeah, let's be polite. Um, and I was gonna call it Pokemon. That was gonna be <laughs> that was gonna be my porn site. Nice. So anyway Gotta catch them all. Gotta yeah, gotta <laughs> poke them all, right. Um, so, anyway, so this is Thanos' motivation in Infinity War, and of course, everybody wants to stop him from wiping out half the life in the universe. Well, yeah. Well, yeah, so we have the Avengers, we have the Guardians of the Galaxy, we have Doctor Strange <coughs> getting involved, we have Spider-Man getting involved. I mean, I think there was something like what Black, Panther. Black Panther. Black Panther was involved. involved. Yeah. They did mention Ant Man and Hawkeye, but they, but for reasons they mentioned, they did not make an appearance. But yes. they were mentioned briefly in the movie. Yeah. They they were verbally cameoed yes. in the movie. Probably and probably the Ant Man probably just because he was making Ant Man and the Wasp probably. Probably. Yeah. Uh, yeah. The character they developed, that would be a neat movie. Mm -hmm. Much better than the comic book character. And thus again, we have Henry in the background who has decided he will not officially join us on the Sci-Files, but throws out a comment every now and then just to let everybody know he does exist. I have heard that they're... <laughs> I have heard that they are making a Black Widow, which is finally... Because I find it sucks that the woman is the one it's the last one to get a freaking show Jessica Jones I believe was the first one to get a Marvel show on Netflix but she was the first but she's the last one to get a stupid sequel I'm sorry going to do it. she was there first she should get a freaking sequel before everybody else should get a sequel and then of course Black Widow 
has been on the show since the way beginning yeah. of the Avengers and Cap and one of the and Iron Man the first one yeah I she think? debuted in Iron she Man she debuted in Iron Man Iron Man two um, obviously not Captain America but she debuted in you know his second one and so forth she's been through almost every single one and she's not and Black Panther just came out one when he just got previewed last year yeah what the heck people. In reference to Jessica Jones, though, they had a plan in the Netflix Marvel side, which was they had to get Jessica and then Luke Cage and then Iron Fist. Iron Fist or, well, sorry, Daredevil was first. Yeah. To, oh, to then be Jessica real. Jones. Then Jessica and then Luke Cage and then the Iron Fist. And then they brought them all together for the Defenders series. Yes. So that was their plan. But Daredevil had two before Defenders. Luke Cage was, I think... Yeah, Luke Cage was on Jessica Jones. Yeah. yeah. Fucking the shit out of her. So Jessica <laughs> Jones should had to wait. But I get that they had to do the very, all of them one, but Daredevil got two seasons before Defenders came out. Yeah. See, that's not fair. Oh, yeah, and Punisher was also on... Uh, um, yep. Did Luke Cage get a second sequel yet? From what I understand, they're working on the second season. But someone else had a sequel. But still, you know, that's the point. Is just the women characters I just find aren't getting the spotlight. Exactly. So what you're saying is you are advocating for superheroine rights. Yes. Okay. I mean, Wonder Woman got her movie first. Which, yes, this is DC versus Marvel, but she got hers first before Black Widow. Black Widow's been going on for a long period. So, so yeah. Okay. I think Marvel needs to get their heads out of their butts and, uh, you know, do some pro-women activating here. Yeah, not to mention they gotta, you know, they have to uh, showcase her, you know, Disney princesses and... It's a Disney character, after all. Black Widow is a Disney character? Or are you talking about Scarlet? Or are Scarlet? you talking about Scarlet Johansson? Yeah, I'm talking about Scarlet. What'd she ah. do? Well, I mean, Marvel. Marvel, Disney. Oh, well, yeah. Oh. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, I see what yeah, you're saying. Part of the whole Disney princess world. Get it. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm just now imagining her with all the other princesses. <laughs> they all gotta, They all got to join up, you know? Okay, Disney, I'm sorry, you gotta have a princess movie. <laughs> All princesses band together. <laughs> That's gotta happen, they should. Uh, you know, I, I actually have to say. Because Leia's a Disney princess now. Meg from Hercules. I think would get along really well with Black Widow, and those two would own <laughs> all of the rest of the Disney princesses. <laughs> <laughs> well, Sleeping Beauty would fall asleep. Snow White would well, see. Well, she's got narcolepsy. She yeah, it's true. Yeah. Well, Snow White will control the animals with her singing voice, so she may have something there. Yeah, but she's not as cool as uh, what's your face from Frozen. So. This is true. Elsa. 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 Yes, it's true. I do kind of give kudos to Disney for the fact that over the last few years, they have been bringing a lot more independent women characters into the world like yeah. Frozen definitely was very independent I was actually surprised both girls didn't you know do overheads over heels fall in love kind of thing no they 
one girl did, and then Elsa still wasn't, you know, falling in love yet, which I can't, I, I know they're making a second one, so I'm kind of doing that female romantic where I hope she finds one, but, and then Brave, I think she didn't have a male role, she didn't fall for a male role either. Now she's too busy being badass. Exactly, yeah. so... Yeah, kudos to Disney for bringing out and promoting independent women. So, I will give them that. All right. Just giving me, giving my damn well, black. Speaking widow of me. another independent woman, holy shit! What happens to Gamora in this movie? Oh yeah, I know, oh, right? We build up to that one. But fuck. Don't give too many spoilers, dudes. Jeez. Gamora kind of falls apart in the movie. To a degree. Yeah. So, and it, it, and you bring that up, and I have to say that compared to the choppiness that they did in uh, Guardians of the Galaxy 2, yeah, they put Infinity War together well. They had multiple stories going on all at the same time, yeah, and they segued into each of them smoothly and seamlessly. Yeah, yeah, but it wonder. all worked together. And being a person, for me, who I, I, I haven't been a big fan of all the Marvel properties, especially not the Avengers movies. I did not like a single one of them until now. Um, big on, by the way. <laughs> uh, I did like uh, Black Panther. I did like all three Iron Mans. The whole joke with the Mandarin just made me laugh to no end. Um. <laughs> you bring it up, and if you guys haven't seen it, there's a special feature after Iron Man 3 yeah. called 15 Minutes, where the character that played the Mandarin is in prison and gets a visit from a lawyer. Yeah. And it turns out that they were linking the real Mandarin to the Iron Man franchise in this little 15 in this 15 minute short yeah. that they did because it, it at towards the end of it it they basically leak that the Mandarin is real and the the Ben Kingsley's character who portrayed yeah. the fake Mandarin is now basically somewhat screwed because the real Mandarin is kind of pissed. Yeah. So it'll <laughs> it'll be interesting to see if they take that and actually run with it. So if you haven't seen that Marvel short, it's called 15 Minutes, and it's about the fake Mandarin yeah. going to prison. Yeah. And what happens there? It, it would have been a great... Um, I think it would have been a really good movie for like one of the other... Avenger, like Avenger character movies, because mm -hmm. it seems like all of the other characters are in each other's movies past their first ones, with the exception of like Iron Man and some of the other ones whose movies came out first. Um, like, I think it was, uh, I think it was Cap or Captain America was really just in his first movie by himself, wasn't it? Yes. And then the Avengers were in the second one. Which no, I was he was the not link. in the first one. He was no. in the... No, no, The first one, he was not by himself. He had Buck... He had Buck... No, no, no. He's he's referring to the fact that... That none of the other Avengers were in That none of the movie. other Avengers were in... Well, that if you in, want to include a white soldier. The Winter Soldier, Bucky, 
Yes. Bucky's not an Avenger, though. Oh. No. I think he can kind of admit him as an Avenger. Well, now. after Infinity War, yeah, he's kind of an Avenger now. But <laughs> kind of, yeah. Yeah. So. You know, and I think that was uh, the other one, too, I always had a problem with was the Thor movies. I had the same issue with, that, with those. Except for I did love Ragnarok. Ragnarok was Thor Ragnarok was awesome. Huh? Yeah, that was really good. But yes, I do agree with Axel. They did a phenomenal job going between all the different scenarios going on. All the char- all the actors didn't play their roles to, I'm going to have to say an A plus on them because they just played it full on throttle with those characters. They, yeah, it yeah, was. They really, this is by far the best Avenger movie. Mm-hmm. It's the best. I'm going to put it second behind Thor Ragnarok. Mm-hmm. I'll put it second behind Thor Ragnarok. I think Thor is second for my... I think hey, everybody has their own opinion, even if it is wrong. So... Uh-huh. <laughs> see about that. Emma will be doing a different version of this review on the horror show, so if you want lots of weird spoilers and weird-ass references, you'll get those on that show, too. But, um, <laughs> but I think my favorite part about this movie uh, was how they wrote the Guardians into the film. They're just they were definitely the stooges in this movie. Yes, but they were badass stooges. Yeah, that's true. I mean, well, with the exception of Quill being a fucking retard. I mean just yeah. I mean, he just let he just let shit get way out of hand. Yeah. I mean, but the whole interaction between him and Thor <laughs> when they first pick up Thor, yeah. That was that was a little retarded, I want to say. I, they they yeah. could have done that a little better. The whole peck flexing between the two of them. And actually, looking at Peter Quill in Infinity War, actually, it does look like he gained a little weight, which they reference yes. in the movie. Yeah. So it's like, okay, dude. <laughs> How much? And I know some men who buff, because it does look like he started buffing up a little bit. So I know some guys can get kind of, you know, little more in the face when they muscle up too. So what a how much is really a lot of food and how much is buffing up or yeah, extra? I was, I, yeah, I was going to say, what did Drax say to Quill? He was like, <laughs> you're one sandwich away from, uh, I can't remember what exactly he said. It was super funny though. He was like, he was like one sandwich away from like, like exploding or something. One sandwich away from something. It's, it's when they one were sandwich on. away from being two people. I don't. Or something. Something yeah, like that. Watch the movie and you'll hear it. Yeah, yeah. definitely. Yeah, it's, it's, um, it's before they meet up with everybody. Yep. The girls in the guys of the Guardians' reaction to Thor is hilarious. Yep. Oh god. Um, but yeah, just because when you have Quill and Thor up against <laughs> the other, and you're like, and I mean, yeah, you can really see the difference, you know, Thor being this big and this tall and Quill being this and that, and yeah, Thor looks like more of a man than Quill, yeah. <laughs> which they referenced. But I do get what Ashley say that there was some parts in it that seemed retarded. Whether that's just a mixture of Josh Whedon and the other guy of the Dark and the Ghosties mixing their writing or... Because it had so much going on, it might be just an area that they decided to let go and not worry, not get nitpicky about as much. Yeah. 
And th that was actually another thing that was impressive, was the fact that the comedy aspects of each of the Marvel characters in their own universes was not lost no. in the combinations. Oh, I'm going to get that arm. Yeah, <laughs> totally. <laughs> You or know, Rocket <laughs> wanting to take away the Winter Soldier's <laughs> mechanical arm. Oh, yeah. Oh, I'm gonna get that arm. Yeah. Uh, that was so good. <laughs> that was hilarious. Spider-Man telling. Yeah. Oh yeah. When he gives when he gives Thor the, the eye, he's like, yeah. You're not gonna watch that first. <laughs> he's like, he just puts it in. Yeah. Oh my god. Uh, oh, I'm saying that now. There's the one where Spider-Man tells Robert Downey Jr.'s character that it was his fault because he got him brand new suit. <laughs> yep. Oh, that was great. Yeah, yeah. Spider-Man's new suit, by the way, is kick-ass. And it's way cooler than his other one was. Yes. But now that she said that, I have to I have to lead into something that they've been hinting at online that you can look up which was the fact that they were going to somehow bring in the Iron Spider, which the Spider-Man suit, the new Spider-Man suit in Avengers Affinity War, is the Iron Spider suit. So yeah. we could see an Iron Spider movie coming up, or we could see in the next Spider-Man movie, we could see a separate character taking on the role of the Iron Spider. Yeah. Which would be very cool. Can't be Venom, though. Oh, the Venom movie, that's another one that's oh, going to be coming out. I've too. seen, I, I haven't seen all of the trailer yet. Oh. I've seen just flashes of the, the Venom trailer, but what I've seen so far looks really cool as well. Now, we mentioned this on our previous horror episode where we talk about porn. Um, Elizabeth Banks had mentioned online uh, when that trailer dropped that in one of the still shots it looked like... Uh, Venom had a dick kind of hanging out of his mouth. <laughs> <laughs> when you pause it wrong, yeah, it totally does. But, uh, you know, but the overall, you know, the, the way his teeth look, how chiseled his teeth are, um, just the CG all, all around is, like, way better than what Spider-Man 3 had had. So we'll, we'll see how it all comes out. I... I, I can't say enough. Go see Ready Player One. Go see Avengers Infinity War. Yeah, feed the corporate beast by giving them money for their movies, but it's worth it. If you, if you miss it on the big screen and you see it later on your 60-inch TV, it's not the same. And by God, fucking uh, Josh Brolin playing this part. And, I mean, there's also, um, you know, the new uh, Deadpool coming the out. The new Deadpool coming Josh out. Josh Brolin is also in that. Yep. You know, it's just, I mean, he's just killing it right now. And if you happen to be one of those lucky bastards that has a living room theater, feel free to wait until then. Yeah, no doubt. But otherwise, definitely spend your money. Go see it in the big theater at least once, if not, because it is worth watching the big films. And Ready Player One is still in some of the, I think it's in the cheap seat theaters now. So try and catch yeah. it before it leaves. Definitely. I like Wonderland and the Aladdin. Uh, is it, I think it's the Aladdin. Isn't that one of them? Possibly. Um, yeah. Or uh, what's the McMinimins Theater that's also the cheap seat that I can't uh, think oh, of the name of? Um, um, 
Baghdad? The Baghdad. The Baghdad, yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. I think they're there now. Go see it. Yeah, almost every Regal Cinema in our area has a two dollar or a Tuesday, like a cheap day Tuesday. Five dollars. Um, I know the theater that we that that me and Stavro saw the movie was a five dollar theater. Mm -hmm. um, if you're if you have Movie Pass, it's only ten dollars a month. Um, yes, we need to get those. Yeah, the AT and T has a phone service. They have Tuesday deals. Um, just go to just use their um, uh, AT and T thank you app. Um, yeah, there's tons of ways to watch this movie for free. So there is no excuse. <laughs> I think Marvel should just give us money, and even Red Player One should give us money just for endorsing them right now. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> hey, we, we need go some of the Disney see money the right movie. Now. <laughs> we need some of the Disney money. Yeah. Hey, kick down with the cons you know. <laughs> Down. Yeah, seven dwarves to bring it down. Speaking of dwarves, or maybe not. Maybe that's not the appropriate term. Giant Dinklage in this movie. Come on. Oh yeah. Oh, without giving away too much. Yeah. Giant Dinklage in this movie. Yep. He was the giant midget. He was yeah oh. the giant dwarf. That <coughs> right. Forges Thor a new weapon. Yeah. The Stormax. That's right. Yeah. Quite the weapon, too. Yeah. That's that was not, yes. <laughs> and, and, oh, I have, uh, it's a bit of a spoiler. I'm not going to spoil all of it. But as a gamer and watching movies throughout the years where you're sitting there watching a movie and you're thinking to yourself, no, don't let the bad guy talk, shoot him. Shoot him now. Just pull the damn trigger. Shoot him. Oh, you let him talk. Now he's gonna get away, all right? This is a trope in the movies. They actually hit this right on the head. Towards the end, Thor is trying to stop Thanos and puts his new, brand new ax in Thanos' chest. I mean, just buries it deep to the haft into his chest. And, of course. and Thanos' reaction is to cough, wheeze, spit up a little blood, look at Thor, and say, you should have went for the headshot, and <laughs> snapped his fingers. That was like, yes! <laughs> Finally did yes! it! <laughs> That's exactly, no, you no, should have went for the headshot. Nobody ever does. Nobody it's ever does, but that he, he called him out. You should have <laughs> went for the headshot. Slightly off topic, but not on, but same thing. In Axel and I just watched Supergirl the other day, and Axel and I have always talked about how many shirts she goes through, you know, ripping her shirt open just to get to the suit underneath. There was an episode where she actually takes her time to unbutton her shirt Everybody's staring at her, going, what are you doing? And she's like, what? I like, I like the, the shirt. I like the shirt. <laughs> so, Which, yeah, no offense, the shirt looks horrible, but... Great cut, but horrible... Right. Yeah. So, there we go. We've reviewed movies, we've said ums, we've segued. So you may have gotten to jump with this and may have to rewatch it <laughs> So this again. episode isn't just about ums, this episode is about segues. And... You know, if you can find an image of an actual segue to post for the... That might have to be the name of this episode. <laughs> so segue. Segway-a-thon. Here's another segue. Too bad our, um... I, I, 
<laughs> it's just too bad that our um, our regular uh, episode posts can't have gifts embedded in them. So that would be so funny to actually have a, a physical segue. It just kind of drives by by itself. Yeah, that would that would be cool. Just I'll just put it on the fucking regular post. You'll yeah. see that on there somewhere. Yeah. You could probably do it on Facebook, on social media too. Yeah. Just post one to Twitter, right? Or now. people, <laughs> here you go. Why don't you post some segues for us when we put this on our social media? You know what? I figured it out. We need to draw up a graphic of a stick figure man who is comprised of the letters um writing a segue. Yes. <laughs> there you go. The stick figure um on the Segway. If you guys do a Segway upon um, you will be the star. Just pull that plug out of your head like usual and And what he means by that is that I am ADHD and O C D, which means for five minutes you can't stop me from paying attention to um, to something and in the next five minutes I can't pay attention to jack shit. So, and when I tell a story, I have a tendency to go miles out of my way to make sure that you completely understand what I was getting to as I was explaining the initial part of the story, which... And that's why Goku would win that fight. Where, where was I going with that statement? I don't know. Anyway. Basically, my husband's a king of what you would consider a king of segways. Yeah. Um... Follow us on social media. Uh, we are on Twitter at Ron Corpse Entertainment or ENT, as well as uh, Patreon, uh, Ron Corpse Radio, um, YouTube, SoundCloud. We're on Vimeo too, right? Or Vimeo. Vimeo, yeah. Yeah, we're on the, we're on the Vimeo machine. Um, we're kind of all over the place. Just kind of Google search it, you'll find us. Um, on Facebook as well. Um, Axel is also on Facebook. Um, at the voice of Axel, the voice of Axel on Facebook. Yep. You can also find Heather on or online as well. Um, at your story discovered. Yes. Um, along with uh, her par- her writing partner Liz. Yes. And yeah, just check us out. We are all over the place, and for all things horror, sci-fi, and weird, RottenCorpseRadio.com. Thank you.